Hello, and welcome to We Are Made of Stories. I'm Dr. Denise Gorish. On this week's episode, Wesley, Troy, Drew, and John review and analyze the film Bread and Roses about the 1990s Justice for Janitors movement in Los Angeles. In this episode, they provide an overview of the film, answer student questions, and share their own experiences with unions and organizing. Stay tuned. The movie Bread and Roses, a drama about a janitorial strike in Los Angeles, it suggests that people who manage your building pay the janitors as little as they possibly can while passing the savings on to the owners or employers rather than the employees themselves. Bread and Roses tells us a story through the eyes of Maya, an illegal immigrant who newly arrived in Los Angeles. Her sister Rosa uh, gets a job at a sleazy bar, but Maya is a good person and doesn't like it and feels uncomfortable with it and is saying she wants to work with her uh, cleaning offices. Rosa then gets hired, uh, gets my hired in the high rise, and then they have to uh, kick back in the first month of salary. Maya then meets Sam, an organizer for the janitor's union who's trying to sign up workers in the building. Going into more detail though, where the story really starts is Maya leaves Mexico. She slips across the border to the United States in search of a better life. And then she ends up in Los Angeles, where she moves in with her older sister Rosa and her husband Bert. She first gets a job at the bar when she's sexually harassed there. Uh, This, you know, fiery uh, young woman seeks employment at the Angel Cleaning Company where her sister works, as I mentioned. Perez, which is uh, played by George Lopez, uh, her boss uh, takes a commission, quote unquote, uh, out of her first month's salary as payment for his kindness in giving her a job and cleaning offices. As Sam Shapiro, a you know a fun uh, union organizer who ended up becoming her friend, is an activist who wants to shake things up and doesn't like the way things are running right now uh, in Maya's building and wants her to join a union. She immediately attracted uh, his passion or the passion for the cause. He points out how you know janitors are paid less uh, than nine dollars who are union and uh, just under six dollars an hour who are non-union, and they don't get any health insurance, sick days, or overtime. And you know inherently you can see that as wrong. Uh, although many of Maya's co-workers are frightened of losing their jobs and being deported by joining the union or fighting for the union uh, and demanding higher wage. Um, they all kind of work together and band together to try to try and fight for this. And she wants uh, Ruben, uh, a young man who she ends up dating, to join. But he has won a scholarship to law school and needs the money uh, for this job and, you know, to provide a better life for him and his family. Uh, Maya gl- grows much closer to Sam as the story goes on. She's especially impressed when he, you know, bursts into the uh, building manager's lunch. Uh, a fancy restaurant with organizers to crash the party and, you know, demand change by being abrupt, you know, uh, jumping, yelling, all that uh, kind of stuff. And both these actions are designed to embarrass the company themselves uh, by, uh, by, you know, shining a light on the janitors and that's a problem where normally, you know, you would hide this under the rug and it would be, you know, it'd be hidden from the eyes of everybody else, whether it be investors, contractors, or other people they work with, you know, they can see this and the idea is so they get horrified by it. 
Um, it's based on real life in um, the Justice for Janitors campaign in Los Angeles in the 1990s. Uh, it, it really illustrates well the horrible inequalities that existed then and, you know, even exist now uh, uh, with the people who have to clean the offices and those who manage them. And it's really exciting to watch, uh, you know, Maya's empowerment through political action in her community fighting for what's right and some of the fire for her to transform in uh, you know into this movement of what is right and what is worth fighting for and risking everything for what is morally right and you know she was forced to do this because of the circumstances and she stood up and said this is not right and i'm so when looking at bread and roses i think it's important to understand that when Maya comes to America, she was expecting to be moving to a better place. Uh, which it was better than what she was doing already before. But when she came over, it just 100% wasn't what she thought it was going to be. So when she comes over and she gets the job with her sister, um, she gets the janitor position, starts to work. And then she begins to notice how bad she was being treated and how bad other workers are being treated. And when she meets the gentleman who can, in a sense, bring them out of this situation, um, it kind of conflicts with her sister, in a sense. Because now her sister is risking um, her husband's job, in a sense. So her sister doesn't feel like the union will help them out in the long run. And I kind of understand that. I know in class we kind of spoke about how um, some people in the working field didn't really support union. And I know when I was a part of a union, I was one of those people who did not support unions. So I can kind of understand where her sister is coming from, especially in the sense, in my case, it was about the money and her sister case is about the money as well. So her sister, of course, needed her husband to support the house support the family me and my situation with the union i didn't have the money necessarily to pay the union like other people did i didn't necessarily need to pay the union to guarantee that i would keep my job but those who had families or had bills they needed to pay they were willing to pay those extra couple dollars to guarantee or to at least have a chance to fight to keep their job so Maya realized that with that union um it came stipulations that her manager would have to follow and everybody just wasn't gonna get fired at the snap of a finger um but that didn't necessarily click with her sister right away because her sister knew if things didn't fall through how she was planning for them to fall through then her family would have to go without and it's even it's even worse to, to think about if i was her sister that um i brought my other sister over here and created this problem with my family and everything was running fine smoothly we was going through what we was going through over here but now it's even worse since maya came over and done this but on Maya's side, it's, it's important to understand that if she wouldn't have tried this, 
there have never been a chance for a change. So companies probably already always knew that if they got migrant workers, they were going to be dispendable in a sense. And when Maya realized that, she knew that if she didn't at least try to fight for a change, they wouldn't have become a change. And also, it's 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 kind of how I would say us as lower class people. We we get into situations where we get comfortable and we don't want to become organized because we don't think things will work. And if we never actually try to get organized or try to try different ways to get these different outlets, then we will always be stuck in the same problem in a sense. Bread and Roses is the fictional story of the campaign to organize undocumented immigrant Latinx workers in Los Angeles, depicting the struggle of poorly paid janitors fighting for better working conditions and their right to unionize. It is based on the actual janitor strike that took place in the 1990s in Century City, Los Angeles, called the Justice for Janitors Campaign, and was part of the national unionization struggles of service employees for better working conditions. The film also shows the power of collective action. We read about this in our Organizing and Unions reading Immigrant Organizing and the New Labor Movement in Los Angeles by Ruth Milkman. The janitors demanded wage increases of more than $7 per hour, family health insurance, and other benefits. A classmate of ours, Stephanie, asks the question, what does the title of the film symbolize? Its title comes from the slogan of the striking workers in the 1912 textile strike of Lawrence, Massachusetts, which resulted in the first victory for immigrant workers. We want bread and roses too. The issue at the root of the janitor's protest is low pay, but the film also addresses a number of important issues, including the difficulties of organizing, management abusive behavior, anti-union management tactics, the lack of health care, sexism, and the oppression of immigrant workers. The oppressed workers not only want a pay increase, Stephanie, but they also want to be treated with dignity as equals. Every night of the week, janitors like the one shown in the film enter our buildings in American cities and clean the offices of large businesses. They wear uniforms and remain invisible people, nameless and faceless, and are at the bottom of the economic ladder, particularly those who are undocumented immigrants desperate for their work. In this film, we have the opportunity to see what it is like for oppressed individuals to express their indignation and to seek just compensation and benefits for their work. We are further informed by the situation through the eyes of Maya, a Mexican immigrant female who aligns with the union organizer, Sam Shapiro, and the dreadful experiences of her sister, Rosa. The maltreatment at the hands of management and other unscrupulous men seeking sexual favors reflects what we have learned from our readings, including the work by author Nicole Buchanan, Sexual-slash-Racial Harassment of Asian Women, I've paraphrased that title, in which she described intersectionality theory as the intersection of race and gender that may place women that, quote, may place women at even greater risk of oppression 
and subject to even greater harassment based on their status as women and as racial minorities, end quote. In the film, Sam Shapiro, the organizer, not the workers, makes tactical decisions on their behalf, bringing to mind in our readings the story of the organizer Bill Talcott, who, like Sam, was not employed at the worksite, but instead saw his role as that of, quote, an organizer, who's a guy who brings in new members, sits next to the new guy, so everybody has to take the new guy as an equal. You do that a few times, and the guy's got strength enough to become a part of the group. You must tell them again, and again, and again that they are important. End quote. Sam himself, as a paid organizer, is set apart from the workers. Maya asks him, What do you risk? To which he replied, Nothing. To this end, the film revealed that the risks of participating in an organized movement, such, Maya's, such as Maya's close friend, Ruben, losing his job and his law scholarship dream, and then her sister, Rosa, losing hers as well, after a lifetime of exploitation. We learned from our reading in Ruth Milkman's article that over the years, L.A. became a national laboratory for a series of experiments in immigration unionization, noting that the, quote, conventional wisdom widely accepted until very recently is that the immigrants are vulnerable, docile persons who are intensely fearful for any confrontation with authority, who accept substandard wages and poor working conditions because their standard of comparison is drawn from their home countries, and who therefore are extremely unlikely to actively seek unionization. End quote. Instead, Milkman continues, quote, the fact that immigrant workers rely so heavily on ethnic social networks for such basic survival needs as housing, jobs, and various other forms of social and financial assistance may also make them easier to recruit into labor movements than native-born workers, end quote. Milkman, in fact, references the film Bread and Roses and the L.A. Janitor Union movement when she indicates that the film, quote, dramatically demonstrated not only the potential for galvanizing immigrant workers into militant solidaristic forces for labor, movement for, labor, for labor movement revitalization, but also the critical role of union leadership in that process, end quote. By focusing on the idealistic character of Maya, we have the opportunity to observe the activities and benefits of a collective janitorial union movement, but at the same time through her sister, Rosa, we learn of the downsides joining with, the respect, joining with respect to the potential of severe risks that she and her family would incur if she, too, were to join such a movement. In fact, in the film, management responds by seeking revenge for the union activity, firing many workers for their involvement and for some even deporting them. The impact of this movement focuses not only on the plight of the immigrant janitorial workers seeking higher wages, but also on the issues that cross racial, gender, and ethnic lines. Like in the Lawrence, Massachusetts strike with the immigrants subject to, to restrictions on their legal rights, as they too were not American citizens, the actual L.A. janitor's union activity was a key turning point in the effort of organizing low-income immigrant workers, demonstrating that not only could these workers organize, but they could win. The L.A. janitor's strike was the largest union organizing achievement in the private sector up to that date involving primarily Latinx immigrant workers, and perhaps it served to increase state awareness, particularly in California, about the needs of the migrant farm workers that we read about in Tomato Land, 
who do not have the advantage of organizing in one worksite location, since, by necessity, they instead seek to work on various farms as they need to pick fruit, as the need to pick fruit arises. In the case of the L.A. immigrant janitors, for once, the balance of power shifted to the oppressed as a result of the risks they took in their organized union movement, led by a union organizer. All right, so there were actually a lot of good questions that you guys asked about our movie, but I wanted to start out with Quintanilla's uh, question. So she asked, would you agree that more Americans would perform the tasks illegal workers are doing if the pay increased and there were benefits? And to answer that, I mean, I would definitely agree with that because... I mean, if the pay is good and you get benefits, you know, it would seem like a good gig, you know, a lot of jobs, you know, you don't really get benefits, especially for, you know, just uh, like manual labor or whatever you could really call this. But if you're getting a good wage and you get benefits for your whole family along with that, I mean, I don't really see any reason uh, anyone wouldn't want to work this job, basically. But I feel that the reason a legal citizen wouldn't want to work this job is that this job kind of seemed as depicted in the movie, like almost like a last resort for people. And even if you were a legal citizen, I don't feel like that would stop anyone, you know, like kind of how Perez is depicted in the movie. I don't think that would really stop anyone like Perez from really treating you different, you know, you might be legal and everything like that, but they know that you need this job and that's what kind of gives them power over them. So that's why the wages are so low. No one's getting any benefits because everyone's so afraid to speak up basically. And if they speak up about it, then that's when they start worrying that they may be fired or punished or whatever. And none of these people really can afford to lose their job, basically. It's seen by pretty much everyone in the movie, um, especially Marina. She's the number one person where she wanted absolutely nothing to do with this organization or with this organizing because she's, I need my work, like I'm content. Like she's absolutely certain that if she's a part of this or if people start organizing and doing this stuff that it's basically just going to lead to problems for them and there's really no benefit they're not going to win and it's just not really going to go well for them basically so moving on to emily's question so emily asked why do you think that conditions haven't changed and that we don't see groups forming within these groups so to answer that one, I believe that really the conditions haven't changed because these workers are intimidated by their superiors. It's seen all the way out, all throughout the movie, basically. So we saw how Perez pretty much just tried to intimidate his workers pretty much every single chance that he got any form of you know them trying to speak up for themselves or anything it was you know putting them down or even in some cases firing them um as we saw a couple times and when he found out about the meeting that they had within their building 
uh, he called his own meeting and basically told them to stop or there's going to be consequences. It's going to just get worse for them. And I really felt that he, he made it seem like what they were doing was illegal, like they could be punished for this. And it really took like kind of the turning point of like the whole organizing and you know, speaking up for themselves basically was when, you know, these workers were informed, they realized that it's in their every right to basically organize to do this. They shoved their papers right in Prez's face in that one scene where they said, you know, this is our right to organize. Like you can't stop us, you can't punish us. And then it's, it's actually shown, uh, Perez, uh, when he realizes this and he kind of is figuring out like, oh crap, they kind of like figured it out and they're starting to gain traction. He's like, oh crap, like this isn't, <laughs> this isn't good. He, <laughs> he didn't like the paperwork that one of the uh, workers handed him. But, um, I feel like Perez basically tried to control his workers through fear almost. And that's why many of these groups don't form is because, you know, they're not informed uh, about their rights as workers. So he kind of uses that to his advantage. And, you know, anything that he doesn't like, anything that's not going to benefit him, he just goes and basically intimidates them and rules through fear, where he's basically just like, yeah, like, you guys are trying to organize through all this kind of stuff, but uh, you can't do that. And just puts them down immediately anyway he kind of swears at um threatens their jobs and i feel like many of the cases where he did fire people um that was pretty illegal like if they would have known their rights as workers they could have probably sued him for firing them because he didn't have you know like a correct um like a good reason for termination it was basically like oh they were trying to organize so i'm gonna fire you so basically, they're afraid to organize is why no one organizes and why I feel like you don't see this as much because this is a lot for many of the workers. This is all that they have really is this job. And in many cases, it was shown throughout the movie that, you know, if someone was fired, this not only affected their life, but it affected their loved ones since a lot of these people were sending back money to the to their families so if they got fired it ruined you know the person's life number one and then after that it would ruin their family's lives so i feel like through all this fear and everything that's why no one really organizes why we don't see organized because everyone just rules through fear basically and the last questions that um, that I wanted to talk about was Mary's question. So she asked about why do you think conditions still haven't improved for immigrant workers who play such an important part in our system? So to that, I would say basically it's because if, if, if they're illegal, then I feel like it's kind of just what they do a lot of these people were either illegal or they didn't really have much they couldn't really 
they weren't very knowledgeable about their rights and everything like that. Um, so they, it's, it's basically, they were afraid to organize is also like a reason for why their conditions don't improve. The, their superiors at work can basically get away with um, putting down their organize, organizing and um, basically putting, basically not hearing their opinions of like what they could do better to improve the working conditions basically. So, um, so basically another way to answer that would be, um, I guess they're powerless really. So if they're afraid to organize and they're also, you know, like, you know, like an illegal immigrant or basically even if they are a legal immigrant, but they don't really have much, it's really hard for them to get better conditions because many of them fear that speaking up about this is going to get them fired. And since none of them can organize, then their working conditions aren't going to change. It was actually shown in the movie about how they saw a check stub from about 20 years prior and they were 20 years prior the same workers in the same field doing the same job were actually making more than these workers right now and i feel that's because no one's organized or everyone's really basically afraid to speak up against all these working conditions and that's basically why nothing has ever changed if you don't call for change nothing's going to change um and it actually only got worse and that's probably has to do with you know no organizing and just people these workers feeling powerless um to their superiors because they fear for their jobs so they would rather not speak up and basically let their superiors dictate their life rather than organizing and working towards better work conditions basically You just listened to We Are Made of Stories, a podcast created and produced by GBSU students. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, please email us at wamospod at gmail.com. Thank you.